today on the Locked On Blues podcast, Blues assistant coach and special teams coach Jim Montgomery is hired by the Boston Bruins as their head coach. Second year in a row, the Blues have lost their special teams coach uh, to another team, first one being Mark Savard. So going to be talking about that, the implications it has on the Blues, and I guess sort of the implications it has on the Bruins, because I think Jim Montgomery is a pretty darn, pretty darn good coach. Uh, also going to be talking about a couple trade rumors that the Blues may find themselves in, including Ryan McDonough. Going to be a busy episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman. Got a busy, busy episode for you guys today. Uh, a couple of little pieces of off-season news, like I said. Nothing too serious. Uh, might throw some prospect talk in there, too, if we have time. Uh, over these next few episodes, whatever, I'm going to be starting to talk about the draft as well as free agency. Uh, and I also want to fit in some player reviews. I want to kind of highlight some of the more important players on the St. Louis Blues and, you know, for one reason or another and kind of give them a grade for this season. So stay tuned for that uh, next week and beyond. Uh, but today's episode is sort of just going to be focused on a wrap-up of news for the week. Um, you know, just 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 whatever I, whatever I want to talk about. You know, it's a Friday, uh, about to be a long weekend, 4th of July weekend. I uh, hope you guys have some pretty cool plans there. Um, I should be hanging out with some friends, you know, enjoying the enjoying the extra day off from work, all that fun stuff. Uh, so yeah, hope you guys are having a good weekend too. But that being said, there is some hockey to talk about. Before I get into that, though, I want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts now. The Boston Bruins uh, made some headlines a couple weeks ago when they let go of Bruce Cassidy. Uh, in a move that I said on the podcast, which I thought was just sort of a scapegoat move for them. I think that Bruce Cassidy is a tremendous coach. I think that he worked wonders with the roster that he was given on that Boston Bruins team um, and was just unable to, you know, unable to overachieve as much as the management wanted, I guess. You know, he was given a bit of a rough hand in terms of the roster he was dealt, but he still was able to produce one of the perennial best teams in the NHL. Um Obviously made a Stanley Cup final just a few years ago against the St. Louis Blues. You know, I don't know if you guys remember that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think Bruce Cassidy was a great coach. And it, you know, especially me being from the area, I was, you know, had more of an insight into the the, the coaching process for the Bruins. Um, and it seemed like that they just wanted a scapegoat, you know, ownership and management. Um, Don Sweeney and that bunch were on the same page with the coaching staff. And I think a lot of fans... Uh, we're in the agreement that coaching should stay and ownership should sh- should change, you know, general manager and owner and all that fun stuff. Um, obviously, that's not what happened. Uh, Bruce Cassidy took the fall and was let go as coach for the Bruins. Now, he was uh, the coach for, I think, like six years before he was fired, something like that, one of the longer tenured head coaches in the league. So it could have just been a matter of, you know, he started to get tuned out by the players, that sort of thing. But regardless, um, Bruce Cassidy was let go and then pretty much immediately hired by the Vegas Golden Knights. So 
That says everything about his talent, his skill level. So it was pretty pretty impossible for the Bruins to upgrade at their coaching position. I said it at the time that I think the only way they could have really come close to upgrading or even like hired an even coach would be if they hired Barry Trotz, who has said that he isn't even potentially returning to coaching right away. He's going to take some time to whatever, do his thing. So they ended up hiring who I think is going to be a great coach for them in Jim Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery had some success in Dallas as the head coach. Um... But, you know, he had a lot of his success behind the St. Louis Blues bench working on their special teams. The Blues had uh, great, great, great special teams last year. They really struggled on the penalty kill two years ago. Uh, But this past year, they were, I believe, top five on the penalty kill, um, as well as, I think, top three on the power play. So they they had uh, really uh, immense success on their special teams with Jim Montgomery. and he also focused a lot on the the youth development. I think I saw a tweet that said something like he had really good relationships with Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas and those guys, and that's what the Bruins sort of wanted. So the Bruins seemed to be kind of heading in a bit of a younger direction, um, which is interesting because they don't have a ton of youth on their roster right now, but whatever. Um, so I think for that reason, that's perfect as well. I know that the young guys, I mean, look at Thomas and Cairo. They both have had breakout seasons in the last few years. So it's going to be great uh, in that aspect. Obviously, it sucks for the Blues, so... In this upcoming second segment, I'm going to be sort of delving into what the loss of Jim Montgomery might mean for the St. Louis Blues and what they can kind of do to, you know, hopefully ease the pain of losing such a, a special teams genius like they did when Mark Savard left. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But before I get into that, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline. Now, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. If you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball, BetOnline um, I don't know why it says still says NHL playoffs. Apologies there. That's over. Uh, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest way and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so the Bruins gain a head coach in Jim Montgomery, and the Blues lose an assistant coach once again, and a special teams coach once again in Jim Montgomery. Now, happy for the Bruins, happy for for Jim Montgomery. I think he's going to be a great head coach with Boston. Um, I think he's going to do great great things for them, and I think his time in St. Louis really proved that. And, you know, if he didn't have as much success as he did behind the bench with St. Louis, he wouldn't be the head coach of the Boston Bruins right now. So that's sort of the sort of the uh, the the double edged sword there because he was so good for the St. Louis Blues because he was so good with our special teams and you know the young guys he was desirable on the the head coaching market and got hired by the Bruins. Um, so what does this mean for the Blues? Uh, it just means that they're going to have to get a little bit more creative on their special teams. I think I think Jim Montgomery did a good job of kind of simplifying things. They had a very solid scheme that they stuck to on both the power play and the penalty kill, um, and I don't, I don't know if the next special teams coach they bring in is going to be that, that uh, confident in their schemes, but the personnel doesn't change, you know, and, and, and scheme can only get you so far, yeah, they, they really ran a great scheme on the power play, great scheme on the penalty kill, um, the X's and O's were strong, however, you know, that th- doesn't mean that they're not, they're not capable of, producing 
on the penalty kill and power play with whoever is behind the bench just due to the players that they have out there. Um, I think a lot of people had worries that once Mark Savard left, the power play would struggle, um, and it didn't. Uh, so, you know, it could be, oh, yeah, well, Jim Montgomery and Mark Savard were great, but also the Blues just have guys that can make up a great power play. Um, I, I'm not too worried about special teams, honestly. Uh, I think that, again, like I said, they have the personnel. Um, we know that the Blues have incredible scoring depth, immense scoring depth. Um, that's not an issue there. You know, they're going to they're gonna put the puck in the back of the net um, unless they blow up the roster this offseason, which isn't going to happen. They're going to be able to put the puck in the net next season. Um, the one thing that I would be worried about is the penalty kill, just because we saw how the Blues' defense sort of struggled at 5v5. Um, and I think penalty kill was one that relied a little bit more on the scheme. I think the, the scheme of the penalty kill was really, really good, and it was just a tough, tough unit to beat because of that. They do have good two-way forwards, which I think will help them out a lot. You know, Ryan O'Reilly out there on the PK will be great, um, and other guys like that. Uh, but that being said, you know, I think if anything is going to take a dip due to the loss of Jim Montgomery, it's going to be that. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a significant dip, but I don't know if the Blues are going to have a top five penalty kill in the league next season just because of that. Also just because, again, I, I think it was a little bit unsustainable regardless, um, just due to their defensive struggles. Now, that being said, the defense of this team could look rather different uh, in, in next season, depending on what the Blues do. And one name that they go out could go out go after is Ryan McDonough, which I'm going to be talking about here in a few minutes, but um, regardless of that. So yeah, uh, penalty kill. I think it could use a little bit of work in terms of coaching. I think Jim Montgomery brought something really special to that penalty kill, and the Blues are going to have to try to find that magic. And it's not like, you know, they, they can't use his schemes anymore, and he didn't share his schemes with the other coaching staff. So it's not like they just lose all sense of identity. They just don't have sort of the mastermind running it anymore. Um, but I have faith that the Blues are going to find someone good, most likely internally, if I had to guess, um, to, to work that position. Um, in terms of, you know, being in charge of special teams, but it could be an external hire, who knows, but I think that they're, they're pretty knowledgeable throughout the coaching staff of what worked for the special teams, and I think, you know, we're going to see, we're going to see shades of that heading into next season, um, and throughout next season, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see, I'm, I'm curious to see if they sort of switch up the scheme or, or keep it as is, you know, uh, sort of keep the traditional uh, penalty kill style that they were going for, or maybe they switch it up and, and go for something a little more abstract, depending on who comes in and who who's in charge of that. So it's going to be interesting to see there. Um, before I get into the Ryan McDonough talks, because I think that is some going to be pretty much meaty, pretty much the chunk of the episode. I do want to just you know talk about a few things that I found pretty funny from the parade, all that good stuff. Um, a couple funny moments there. So the first thing that I thought was funny. Uh, was Eric Johnson getting introduced to speak? I think it was. I think it was Landis Gog. I want to make sure I get this right. Um, I'll check later, and if I'm wrong, uh, I'll I'll tweet it out or whatever. But I, I think it was Landis Gog. Not sure. Someone was speaking uh, and was going to introduce Eric Johnson and introduced him as the old, you know what, old uh, word that starts with F that I can't say, um, which I thought was really funny because I remember when Eric Johnson was you know, the first overall pick. Um, I wasn't a huge Blues fan at that point, but I was a hockey fan. Uh, so I, I feel like that's one of the first first players that I've seen kind of work throughout their whole career um, and turn into an old you-know-what uh, from being a rookie. So it was cool to see him, you know, win the cup. And obviously his time in St. Louis didn't work out the way that we, we hoped and him being the number one pick was disappointing. But I think he's a great guy with a great personality, and it was just funny to see that sort of thing. I uh, just so wanted to share that. And then the other thing that was hilarious was <laughs> Bowen Byram, who, to be fair, does look like he's like a 19-year-old frat boy. 
um, getting uh, almost escorted out of the parade by the police. Bowen Byron was over by the 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 little what's it called the the metal railing where all the fans are standing behind, and he was there, you know, I don't know, drinking with one of them or something like that. And then he goes to go back to the the parade, and he gets stopped by a cop, like, hey, hey, buddy. Don't, don't hop the fence go, go go back there and he's like what are you talking about and he's like the cop's like no you gotta you gotta get out of here you know we're not allowing fans in the street and then bowen byron's like i'm literally on the team and then him and the cop share a laugh and he goes back out there but i just thought that was funny um check it out on twitter i'll probably retweet uh both of those things um when i'm done recording this episode so if you want to see what i'm talking about you can uh you can go check that out but yeah just wanted to share a couple funny things you know things in hockey that make me smile um it's just it's nice to see a team like that um you know a lot of most of those guys i think i I could be wrong but i think most of those guys are first time stanley cup winners i I don't remember off the top of my head which of those guys if any uh had won one previously i know the blues were all first time stanley cup winners which was awesome um another great thing their coach jared bednar uh guess he's a little bit of a a little bit of a sad drunk because he gets up there to do his speech and he's just he's crying right from the beginning talking about the sacrifice the team made but man i just love stanley cup parades um i i think you know stanley cup truly is the hardest trophy to win in sports uh you put so much blood sweat and tears into it i mean we saw the injury list uh we saw that picture of uh, was it shushkin's foot which was like broken in two pieces and purple and swollen like these guys work their butts off to play for the Stanley Cup. They play through injury. They play through pain. They play through everything. Um, so, you know, seeing a team being able to really let loose and celebrate at a Stanley Cup parade just, first of all, brings back great memories of the Blue Stanley Cup parade and the great moments there. Um, Zach Sanford puking and rallying uh, in the back of a convertible. Brett Hall's incredible, incredible speech. Um, Jordan Bennington, you know, letting out emotion. Pat Maroon with his hometown hero like you can't help but the smile when thinking about that and you know looking at um looking at the Colorado Avalanche I can't help but get similar shades you know a lot of guys that have been working at it for a long time that finally finally broke through and got their Stanley Cup so it was good to see there um okay coming to the meat of the episode Ryan McDonough to the St. Louis Blues is it gonna happen should it happen make sure you stay tuned for this third segment because I'm gonna be diving into it but we'll be right back their word from our sponsor All right, all right, all right. So, Ryan McDonough, Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman, is apparently on the trade block because I guess the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't able to run it back with their old core. Finally, they gotta they gotta let some guys go. Um, and Ryan McDonough is the culprit. Now, let's start with the pros. Um, Ryan McDonough is, would probably become the second best defenseman on the St. Louis Blues, maybe third, maybe first, depending on your take on Ryan McDonough and the Blues defenseman. Um, He fills a position of need. He is a left-handed defenseman, which is what the Blues need. Uh, He is really, really good. He has Stanley Cup experience. Um, He has, you know, playoff experience. He is a very solid player that would probably fill the exact role that the Blues need. Now, um, it is obviously going to be tough to trade for him. Um, you know, he is a guy that is, you know, going to be probably pretty coveted. Um, and, you know, there's going to be a couple suitors for him. So it's not going to be the easiest trade. But again, like I said, fills the exact role that the Blues need. 
um, for this upcoming season. Left-handed defenseman who can come in, um, play well, and uh, hopefully you know take some of the pressure off of guys like Pareko, Falk, those those guys. Um, now let's get into the cons because I think there are some more cons than there are pros. And the first con is sort of what I just mentioned is that I think the market for him is going to be pretty high. And I think that if you are trading for a guy like Ryan McDonough, you're going to be have to be parting with a decent amount of capital, whether it's draft capital, prospect capital, player capital, whatever. You're not getting him for free. You know, you're not just trading Sammy Blaine a second round pick for Ryan McDonough. Um, sorry, New York Rangers. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's going to take a lot to get him. Uh, and then the other big con for me is he's 33. He's making like $5 million a year for the next four years. So the Blues already have a lot of money tied up in defensemen that are 30 uh, or older than 30. Tori Krug, Colton Pareko, Justin Falk. Those are three guys that are signed long-term until they're like 36. You know, they're great defensemen, don't get me wrong, but unless you want to turn into the San Jose Sharks, do you really want four defensemen that in two years are going to be 35 30 whatever you know mid to late 30s uh making five six million dollars right now next season it would be great i think ryan mcdonough would instantly propel the blues into one of the top cup contenders in the league i think they already are a cup contender and i think ryan mcdonough would really push them over the edge and move that needle however it's the years after that that give me worry and i think if you go out and you trade for ryan mcdonough now you're just accepting that you're going to become the san jose sharks in a few years time when two of those four defensemen, three of those four defensemen, God forbid, four of those four defensemen inevitably decline as they go further into their 30s. Um, I just think it would be too much of a risk in that sense. I think, you know, there you really leave yourself with a possibility of sitting here with $24 million tied up in four defensemen and, you know, one of them isn't even in your top four, two of them aren't even in your top four. I don't know. I just think there are too many risks um, to outweigh the benefits. I think the Blues can upgrade that position in other ways that doesn't involve trading for a 33-year-old aging defenseman. Um, that being said, though, it would be a great move short-term. Um, I'm going to be interested to see what the market is like on Ryan McDonough. It might not even be as big as I thought just because of those reasons that I said, just him being older and him making all that money. But who knows? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, Lots to talk about there. And I think that is all the time I have for you guys today. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. That way you never miss a new uh, upload. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and hit that notification bell. That way whenever a new video gets posted, you'll be the first to know. Leave a comment, leave a like, all that fun stuff so more people can see it. More people that see it, the better the content, etc., etc. Follow Lockdown Blues on all of the social accounts, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Lockdown Blues. Same as the YouTube, by the way, Lockdown Blues. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.